Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be in this amazing world. Welcome to Ultra Life Today. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Bellew. I'm the other half, Adam Payne. Okay, we have a really cool show today, Adam. I met a guy a few years back over the phone, uh, had gotten our name, like so many people do, from someone that actually said something great about us. Wow. So, anyway, was on the phone with a guy, met him named Logan Duvall, and as our relationship began to open up, you know, he invited us to be on uh, a, a fa- I think, a Facebook Live post at some point in time and talk a little bit about Ultra Botanica. Yep. And, uh, but in, in the course of our friendship, I learned that he had been on a journey with um, his young son when he and his wife had gotten the pronouncement from a doctor that their young son of five years old had cancer. Oh, my, so oh wow. with all that said, I'd like to welcome uh, author Logan Duvall of Father's Heart and also uh, me and McGee Market in North Little Rock. This is like one of these places where you want to just pull off to the side of the road. It's kind of a destination. If you get on TripAdvisor, it's like literally rated in like the top 10 on TripAdvisor of places to go in and around Little Rock. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. And So you're and listed I, as a tourist, like a, yeah, a stop. To yeah, and I, and I love it. Yeah, a destination. And I love, if you read a little bit about Logan's philosophy, they're like, we're not that big and we don't want to be that big because we like keeping it personal. We like building relationships with people. That's that's our kind of people. I'm glad yeah, he's just next door in Arkansas. Is. Hey, Logan Duvall, welcome to Ultra Life today. We're so glad to see you today, Thanks brother. Thanks for having me, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, first of all, because I happen to know, and I'll give a little spoiler alert here, I happen to know you literally became entirely focused on this journey with your son. But I have to ask you this. Prior to your journey with your son and his health challenge, did you have a huge interest in alternative health, natural healing, agriculture, clean food? What, what, what's your background? How did you end up being the me and McGee market guy? And then I know you've got agricultural things you do on the side as well. So tell us about you. Yeah, well, so... Um... I was in a way in always kind of drawn towards that kind of functional, natural. I just like animals, like being outside the woods, just, just enjoying nature. Mm. So that from that perspective, but uh, no, I definitely wasn't great on uh, clean eating or or anything until, you know, Lander was, was diagnosed. Um, Me and McGee market is named after my grandparents. They, they did that. Uh, It started kind of an accident with pecans, um, my, they collected pecans from the property and sent my grandpa out uh, to to sell them, and uh, that was kind of how it started. Oh my god! And then they put in a little garden, and people started pulling in off the highway and saying, "Hey, can we get stuff out of there?" And and my mom said, "Oh, that's awesome! Why don't y'all just build a little farm stand and just sell the produce y'all grow, and you know, it's just retirement uh, money for them." And uh, so that that's how that's how the market started. Uh, grandpa got uh, esophageal cancer uh, after after a terrible battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, cardiac wow. issues, and so that really piqued my hmm. uh, you know awareness towards cancer. Was was my grandpa? Their last name was McGee, so yeah. it was a you know a play on the me and Bobby McGee song. You bet, that's awesome. Uh, and so that that really. When he ended up passing away, I just left where I lived and, and moved down here just to try to help him help them, you know, wrap it up, grow, see see what we could do, learn. Okay, okay. Well, so 
When your son was diagnosed, tell me exactly how that unfolded. Tell me what was going on, because my recollection is that you're looking at a really robust, healthy five-year-old boy, right? And then all of a sudden, tell me how that the evolution. Yeah, of that. what happened? We were at the market uh, playing. Uh, it was it was July, so they were out in a spring. Where I do have I have four kids, so but my oldest two, they were out playing and uh, in the sprinklers, sunny, just being kids in the summer. Uh, I even have a picture of that day to where he was, he looked like the, you know, a perfect bill of health five-year-old. So that evening we got home and uh, made dinner, went through our routine and sit down. Finally, just on the couch, just to, just to start watching a little TV and veg out. And he says, Hey dad, my uh, pea's orange. Right. Oh my God. Stopped. What? What? Hmm. What? So I went in there and, uh, it, it was it was blood. It was it was pink, and uh, so just started. Just what in the world did he eat? Beets? Is it not blueberry? I just trying anything I possibly right. could, uh, but uh, tried to get him in a pediatrician. The first thing the following morning, they were out. So I was like, you know what? We got a local children's hospital. We're, we're going. Um, and so you know, we we sat there for the majority of the day, and and I remember just just what in the world is going on and seeing a group of doctors right outside that little glass, you know, a little rectangular glass. And they were all very serious and all in, in their white coats. And I knew, man, whatever they're about to walk in and tell me is not going to be good. Wow. And, and, and was your wife actually with you that day, hanging out with yeah, you? Yeah. So it was actually uh, Lander's mom and I are, are, were divorced at the time. So my, my uh, wife, was there. Lander's mom was there. Okay. Lander's mom's okay. mom was there. And uh, they were both pregnant. So my ex-wife and my wife are both in this room sitting there pregnant. Wow. That, that must have been quite a sight. So what, wow. what, what, just for our listeners' sake, Logan, what kind of cancer was, uh, was your little one diagnosed with? Wilm. So he was, uh, it's kidney. It's a kidney cancer. It had metastasized. Okay. He, was, he was stage four when, when we found it. So where did where had it spread to? It has spread to his lymph nodes and then to his chest wall, uh, which is kind of abnormal. It's normally inside the lung, so that was something that was new. We didn't really know if that was good or bad uh, at the time, but I think it was a positive. So what happened after then? What, what what what? I'm sure all sorts of thoughts are going through your mind. It's we would have to spend probably a couple of hours going through everything that you were thinking, all of the. Uh, the pain and the surprise and the anguish, the four, the four uh, stages of, of anger and acceptance, all those things happened. But what really transpired? Give us a rundown of the events and how uh, and what, what did you guys do as a family in, in response to this? The, I, I remember the lead, the lead doctor, I guess the lead uh, ER physician walked in and he said, hey, I, I, got, I got something to tell you, uh, and it ain't good. And so... All right. So that took the mm. wind out of myself. He said, come over here. Let's feel his belly. Uh, so he grabbed my hand and he pushed down. He said, what do you feel? And I uh, said, uh, something hard. Right. So the the kidney was a cantaloupe sized tumor. It, it was massive. And wow. so, you know, speeding up. Wait, was it both kidneys it was or just, just one, one kidney? kidney at that thank, time? thank God. Um, but that, that, you know, that was the that was the biggest aspect of it was that massive uh, tumor. Uh, yeah. One of the, 
they, they go through their spiel and say, hey, we're going to get a plan together. You're going to go up to the oncology department. You're going to be there a while. Uh, yeah, we'll get prepped for, for surgery, do all the things that we need to do. And so then they leave. And so I'm just kind of like sitting there in a whirlwind. Uh, you know, the family is just like deer yeah. in headlights. And I get pulled out mm-hmm. to by the lead nurse. His, his name was Randy Rice. And I wrote about this in the book. So it's it's in there. And he said, hey, come here. And so he took me out in the hall, uh, down the, down to another little isolated room. And he, he just looked at me. He said, let it out. You, you, you do it. He said, because when you get back in that room, you, you got to be the rock for everybody in there. And so it was just a moment that I needed, you know, man to man. Uh, he, he didn't have to do that. Uh, I'm kind of get, getting emotional thinking back. I, I still talk to Randy to this day. Um, God put him wow. there right right when I needed the exact thing that I needed. Um, so we got back and still still trying to wrap my mind around what we just found out. And it, it took a good couple of days as we were up in the oncology floor to uh, just kind of get your feet a little bit <laughs> a little bit under you and and get a get yeah. a game plan together. So he went almost. He went immediately into surgery. Then, yes, almost I think right after the diagnosis. I, w- I want to say it was and, two and, days and so, later. So, wow. so here you are. Uh, already have let us know you really didn't have a background as it related to uh, natural health, alternative health. People call it integrative functional medicine. And you're here at a conventionally paradigmed hospital. You've gotten the pronouncement of cancer for your son. Uh, kidney cancer, it's already metastasized at stage four. It's like the worst news ever. You get like one moment to kind of try to recalibrate and hit the pause button, and then you're back out there trying to be the leader of your family. Um, How long after that initial diagnosis that's coming from the conventional medical community did you all of a sudden have some kind of just impetus urge to say, I'm looking into cancer and other ways that we may facilitate, at least at the very least, have adjunctive therapies for him while he's walking down this road in the hands of individuals that are the experts. Um, it, it was it was pretty it was pretty early on. Um, I, I just I, I didn't I don't accept uh, anything really. And so very contrarian by nature. And I just thought this is not completely out of my control. I believe that the doctors will do their part. God's going to do his part and I'm going to do mine. What is sure. my part? And so I just got my hands on every book I possibly could, watched every YouTube video and just dove into the research right out of the gate. Uh, it was... and, and, and did that immediately, though, kind of begin to put those seeds of hope into your heart? Because you are seeing that there are people out there dealing with this in a different way and succeeding. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, It. I had to just focus on what we could control because there was a very strong aspect of all of it where I I could have gotten angry um, at at how contrasted the approaches were. one, you know, mm. one is burn and torch, right? And the other one is how, how are we just building? And, and so trying to rationalize that, and I, I do come from an EMS background. Um, so I was on an ambulance. Okay. I've seen, you know, the end stages over and over and over and over. And so okay. that, 
that was, I guess, maybe part of my motivation is like, let's go get there. Um, what, what can we do? Okay. Okay. So you're, you've done YouTube, you're reading books and things like that. What obviously for you, as, as you said, you're like, I don't accept things. So what, what can you think of was the first approach that you made? What were you thinking in your mind is, okay, they're going to be, and, and by the way, tell us, were they, they were going to do surgery did they start well, chemo? They, what they, all did they end well, up they doing? Well, they did surgery, yeah. right, almost like immediately. And so what, what were they proposing, and what did you end up doing? That's really yeah, the they, they did the, the uh, surgery very, very soon. We had 16 rounds of radiation uh, targeted oh, wow. to the chest and, and the abdomen, uh, just to what I was saying with that, on that chest wall, um, and, then, and then started a chemotherapy regiment. Uh, one good thing about, uh, I guess, you know, the Wilms diagnosis was there's a very, very long history. And as far as pediatric cancers go, that, that is a much more positive outcome, uh, cancer. So I, I did know that. So the, so the, so the doctors felt that this was uh, treatable. At they some they level. did. It wasn't. Kind yeah, of... they did. They they didn't give a terrible prognosis or anything. But I also told them I didn't want the prognosis. Just that we were we were going to do what we had to do. And so, what were some of the first steps that you took that fell outside of what the hospital was and, and the and the oncology group was recommending for Diet. treatment? What did you come alongside that? Diet. diet. Okay. Tell us yeah, about diet that. Diet was absolutely the first. And did it change your life as well? I'm curious. I a- bet it absolutely. did. Absolutely. I had, <laughs> I had really started focusing more on being physically uh, in, a, in a good place right before, thankfully, uh, he was diagnosed. Or I don't, I don't think if I hadn't dropped a lot of weight and, and tried to exercise and get my mind right, at least, uh, it, it would probably have been different out of the gate. But the diet and the, and the first the first book that I got my hands on was the China study. And uh, to be completely Hmm. honest, I, I'm, I'm not there anymore, but at least it did open my eyes that the diet in which we partake has an impact. And so now what that meant is, is something I've gone down umpteen different rabbit trails, but just removing the junk, that was the biggest thing. I I think getting those uh, sugars out of there, all the processed junk, uh, I did remove, I did remove dairy. I did remove meat. I did, I did limit him to a very, uh, what, what I thought at the time was very clean diet, but yeah, there, the process stuff was, it was gone. And I think that was one of the biggest uh, benefits of that. You know, there's been some studies to show that, uh, recently, just recently came out that, um, the, uh, statistically speaking, the more somebody eats processed foods, the li- the higher incidence of dementia in older age. So there's there's there, we're finding all these links towards um, uh, towards how we consume nutrients, and it's just it, it was it's at an intuitive level it's not surprising, but kind of factually speaking, it was astonishing that like wait a minute why are these highly processed foods contributing to such a long term negative outcome. And uh, I'm sure we're going to figure out something in the biology at some point, but it's, I think there's a lot to say about how our bodies react to clean foods versus processed foods. Maybe it's the metabolites and the things that come out of those processed foods, um, or it's maybe the purity of the vitamins and the nutrients that we get from real foods and un- unprocessed foods. I'm sure it's a combination of all of those. 
Oh, yeah. Enzyme activity, phytonutrient-rich, oh, right. rich, better quality of protein, real living, macro ingredients, all, all that, that stuff. Yeah, trace minerals, all of that. Just It's just... It has a huge, huge, huge impact. And I think the thing that's that's kind of crazy about diet is that um, we can go along for a long time. A lot of people can go along for a long time. And then yeah. all of a sudden, boom, yeah, things it, start it, happening. You have these changing. life events that happen. Right. So what was the course of time when you're talking about 16 radiation treatments that's and then lot. into chemo? How How far were you into this journey chronologically? How many months had this been going oh, on? Oh Lord, now? this was the first. This was the first month. Um, okay. That, that all, all of that started, uh, and then the the chemo regiment was, you know, well well underway. And was that just like a once a week, twice a week chemo? How how yeah, were they doing? Yeah, once a week, that? Tuesday mornings, uh, we'd go to clinic, and you know, you get to see all the other babies that are going through stuff, and and oh on gosh. the on the other hand, there there were two other Wilms babies, uh, kids, uh, one older, one younger than Lander, that uh, they they didn't make it uh, through this whole thing, and so that is where wow. I kept having this stark contrast in how Lander was doing and how other kids were doing. Um, he did lose his hair. I mean, there there were definitely things that you knew he had cancer. But overall, from skin condition to the lack of pain uh, outside of a bowel obstruction, that was an absolute nightmare. But that was caused from a complication of, of the uh, primary surgery where scar tissue it created a band. Oh, bowel. yeah. Created a stricture there. Okay, so we're going to go right to break now. This is Ultra Life Today. You're listening to Logan Duvall, author of a book called Father's Heart. It's his journey with his young five-year-old with a diagnosis of kidney cancer that had metastasized to other parts of his body and how they walked through that and, and, the, and the impact it made on their entire family. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can find it at Amazon. Again, this is Ultra Life Today. We'll be back after this segment. I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne, so stick around. Our mission is to take nature's most beloved botanicals, and enhance them with our liquid protein scaffold technology. This helps it reach your cells faster and better. With exponentially enhanced bioavailability, you'll feel better every day. Ultra Botanica, the feel-good curcumin. Get yours today at ultratoday.com. Welcome back to our second segment of Ultra Life Today, having a really interesting conversation. Have you ever had a relative that had cancer, uh, had a diagnosis that was uh, really dire? Um, how about a child or even a young child or an infant? Well, Logan's been down that road. We're here with Logan Duvall, author, author of the book Father's Heart. I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne. And, and, and we've been were... discussing kind of the history of what's been going on with uh, with Lander. So what what where do you want to go with this, Josh, with the discussion? Well, you know, I I was I was impacted about the personal journey as I as I read through the book. One of the things was it was it was very apparent to me that this was a huge invitation from God for you to actually lean into, rest in him, kind of abandon yourself to who he is, and yet at the same time, you felt like you had a mission to do what you needed to do as well. Tell me a little bit about what was going on in you as it relates to 
the, yeah. I guess, the call of God, so to speak, and, and what was happening there. So uh, interesting that you asked it at the timing at which you did. So one of the things I found uh, early on was that supplements and lifestyle and diet all matter somehow. I didn't know what that meant. And so I went to a local health food store, right? I go in there and I'm just looking. I'm just simply walking, looking, trying to become more familiar with what's on the shelves. And uh, the lady, the, the owner, uh, came up to me and she just looks at me and she said, can I say something? Like, wow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she said, I can feel that you have a lot of hate in your heart and there's a lot of anger. I'm like, all right, well, thank you. Well, that, was up and <laughs> that was bold. That was bold. And uh, I said, okay. She said, God has put it on my heart to tell you that you need to just look at forgiveness. To forgive. Wow. So mm -hmm. you can be forgiven and get through whatever it is you're going through. And so I am grown man bawling in the middle of a health food store because she was spot <laughs> on, right? So oh a my lot goodness. of issues that I was holding on to grudge and, and guys in an absolute instant, I did. I let go of it. There wasn't a lick of that hate and oh, harboring wow. in my body was going to save my baby. And so I oh. went in uh, to the Bible there for a little bit. I went, I left, I left. What do I figure out for Lander? And how do I figure out getting my soul right uh, to, to go on wow. this journey? And uh, when you look at the, the Lord's Prayer, it, I mean, it's right there. You know, forgive those that trespass so you, we can be forgiven. I mean, it's right there in the Lord's Prayer. So uh, that was a big one for me. And, and that is something... That's probably the biggest lesson uh, from Lander having cancer that, that we actually got. So, Adam, I just have to make a comment and ask for you to comment back, please. I think you and I have talked about this so many times. We have found that a root of bitterness, a root of unforgiveness, a root of ought against uh, your fellow man, whoever they may be, you know, whether they affiliate in any form or fashion with your faith or not, we have found those things really, really just constrict a life, shut a life down, and seemingly just kind of open the door for problems and chaos, don't they? Well, uh, there's a lot in uh, working backwards from, you know, our whole relationship with God. I think uh, forgiveness is the core of our redemption, right? Yeah. It, freely we've received, freely, freely we give, give, right? Right, and then it's, uh, and I, I, I kind of mirror your story, Logan, and but it was mine came from a tragedy rather than working out this this uh, this health drama that you had to live with um, with your son. My my best friend died when I was twenty years old. He fell off a cliff, and I nobody knew about it. But the day he died, I actually fell deathly sick. I was like on my bed, couldn't wow. move. And so there was like this, this connection I had with my friend and I, and there was a trauma that I f experienced in my spirit, but I didn't know what it was. And, um, and I found out later that he had died the same day. Um, I, I went through such devastation with that loss, anger. I, I had real choice words with whoever created existence. Wow. And I, I, I was not a, <laughs> I was not a religious kid. I grew up in a Jewish home, never went to church. And but God responded to me. Sure, He did. He uh, he because it was an honest question. Why do you allow death? 
why do you allow this suffering of of innocence of people that that are just living life and being being are are good people or are just genuine people loving people open people real souls why do you allow them to be ripped out of our lives or to suffer so much and <clears throat> you know what over a period of 2 years the holy spirit gently showed me what existence was really all about and on uh, in the end of that whole thing logan he revealed he i he, it was two things i really wanted to know what god's solution was cuz i saw the problem the problem was we're in a spiritual reality that is like an, an exile from the community of real living spirits so we're like we're in a uh, a jail cell for incomplete poorly functioning spiritual beings here for the millennials, we'll call it a matrix. How's that? A matrix, yeah. Why not? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so we're lost and we're in prison. So what's your solution, you know, to, to this problem of death? And God spoke to me, Logan. He, he said, you're not ready for the solution, Adam. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not ready for the solution? I'm like, oh, you're not ready, but soon I will show you. And I was like, okay, I, I could receive that. I, I understood that he was saying I wasn't ready. And I also could understand that... I was going to be ready at some point, and God was going to reveal his solution to me. Very nice. And, and then a couple months later, um, God revealed himself to me completely as, in showing me not, not the religious form of Jesus the Messiah, but the real loving person of Jesus the Messiah who came into this life to give each of us a living way into the new life that came The friend, through. the older brother, the master. All yeah. in one. The all in one. Yeah. With the end of it being Logan, that he is inviting all of us to participate in the power of new life, which came through his resurrection. Yeah. Right. So we can all be co-participants with him. That's the solution. There is no more death in God, in, in Christ, that we have been invited into a reality where there is no more suffering. And we can hold on to that, even though we're living within the temporal aspect of of being in a dimension where there's death and suffering we know without a doubt that there is eternal life yeah and that we are all co-participants we're in that journey right now so you you're still in the early phases here you're going through chemo with lander um what was it like for him going through chemo what what did you have to do during, i mean did he just come home and was he one of those that chemo was easy for him or was he one of those that chemo just took it out of him um Overall, I did very well with chemo, but uh, one of the things that uh, I was able to, I had devoured so much information. I was able to just piece these tiny sure. little things together. And, and one of the things that came up, and, and it was actually on a, a Dave Asprey uh, podcast, was insulin-potentiated oh, yeah. chemotherapy. And so I was like, well, what is that? Uh, so what I That's did very, very early on was try to understand insulin-potentiated chemotherapy. And basically... He was, Lander was always in a fasted state when he received chemo. And I believe that's one of the things that I did without, without talking to the doctors um, that made a big, big impact. 
Yeah, you want to just, and and our listeners don't realize you're like a walking encyclopedia on a lot of this stuff. I mean, you're a guy I call sometimes and say, have you heard about this ingredient? <laughs> tell me about it. So tell, tell our listeners a little bit about insulin-potentiated chemotherapy because I think this is really important for some people that are going to be yeah, feeling it, this. In, yeah. in, a, in a nutshell, and, and there's, two, there's two main things that as far as if you have em, uh, immunotherapies or chemotherapies you need to know about. But uh, with the insulin-potentiated chemotherapy, you can make chemo more potent by being in a fasted state than if your insulin levels are elevated. Um, and I think, interesting. Wow. and I mean, there's a lot of, of research Makes behind sense. this. So by being, there's actually, you know, the whole, the whole pathway of ferroptosis is, right. is really what you're One of the parts that you're getting at is if we starve the, the cancers of sugar or glucose metabolism, which there's a whole school of thought actually that cancer is a metabolic disease. And if it's that, uh, because they see that one of the key aspects of most cancer cells is that they rely on fermentation for their energy source rather than respiration. And so with fermentation, the only way you can get your energy is by metabolizing sugars. And so you take away the sugars, you're weakening these cancer cells dramatically. So how long would an individual that is needing to be in this fasted state need to be fasting prior to a chemo treatment to get the major benefit out of it? And so I don't know necessarily a time frame, but I know that, you know, from our experience, Lander's blood sugar was between 60 and 70, uh, almost every wow. time that he had chemo. And, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about having the blood work and being able to refer back to numbers. Hmm. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. So, well, that's an interesting key, and I didn't pick up on that the first time that uh, we talked, I believe, on Kyle Drew's uh, radio show. Um, so where did it go from there? We, I just kept as far kept as... trying to make sure that he never thought he was sick. I think that goes back to the, you know, the mm. forgiveness was a big, big, big thing for me, but also mindset. The, I never, ever wanted him to think he was sick. I never wanted him to think anything that we were doing was something other than getting better. Like, so everything, hey, we're taking this medicine to get better, to get stronger. We're take we're doing this to That's get stronger. Awesome. Um, you know, I dove into a lot of the biohacking concepts, honestly, and so we utilized um, infrared light from very, very, very early on. Um, a lot of you know sunlight and energy uh, type things, as far as like uh, grounding. I mean, the Body Electric was a, a book I, I read pretty early on too. And so there's a lot of little things that I think mm. matter um, significantly. Uh, another one that I, uh, as far as like you know, a little modality that we used was magnesium baths. His little body was in a magnesium bath, either uh, Epsom salt or magnesium chloride, every single not okay so i i i'm i'm you're begging the question why <laughs> well why one and and what was what happened within that experience what do you think was what was the purpose of that logan um Adam, I do believe that cancer just, is a metabolic disease. I believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. And I think that it's a metabolic disease that's dependent on, on glucose and amino acids. And so you have to consider the, the process. So I, I, I genuinely believe two of the greatest minds in cancer research are going to be Otto Warburg and Thomas Seyfried. I think those two have done yep. incredible work and they, they have, they have the outline. All right. And, uh, when, when we understand that, 
cancer and all chronic diseases for that matter go back to mitochondrial dysfunction based off of a problem of deficiency or toxicity, uh, you know, inflammation, their, their dehydration, cellular dehydration, simply a stress that causes a lot of problems. When we correct these mm. base level things by proper nutrients, getting rid of toxicities and giving the body the energy that God designed us to have, a body can really take care of itself. All right, this is a great segue into, uh, and, and by the way, uh, those of you who are listening, it's going to be another week if you're listening by radio before it's available, the third and fourth portion so of this. So before but, we break, where can people get more information about uh, the bo- about Logan's book yep. and his experience, and maybe it, if uh, Logan has a website where people can go to get more information? Well, first and foremost, the name of the book is Father's Heart. It's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Uh, their Facebook page, Me and McGee Market, is the best place to uh, be able to reach out, get get in touch with Logan uh, pick his brain about things, and by all means, if you uh, are traveling across the United States, you need to uh, enjoy the beauty of Arkansas and go down to North Little Rock and hang out with these great people. So this is Ultra Life Today. I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne. We'll so be- uh, we'll be right back, but you're going to have to wait a week, so stay tuned. Yep. Yep. 